Hello, and welcome to Nerd Critic, a podcast about movies from the dual perspective of critical nerdiness. My, my name is, uh, is Jordan Still. And my name is CJ. You kind of slurred that a little I bit. I did. I don't feel like you're very I'm committed so to slurring. That's fine, to, though. I'm so tempted to start over. That's fine. We're not going to. Uh, we uh, are here. Oh, I'm a resident nerd. Go ahead. <laughs> studied and credentialed critic. Nailed it. We are okay. here. With uh, with someone who we obviously didn't make a great impression for our opening, but that's fine. <laughs> Embarrassing uh, ourselves right off the bat. Mr. As intended. Aaron Woodall is here with us. Hello. Thank you for joining us, man. Thanks for having me, nerd and critic. Uh, well, thank you. I, I like it when people call me by my real name. Um, uh, Aaron here. So there, you have a podcast. I do. It's called Mormon and the Meth Head. Mormon and the Meth Head. Uh, and it is so I when I went on your website to see kind of what it was before I listened, uh, I really read one line and then I was sold. And that line was... Uh, something along the lines of if your shoulder angel and shoulder demon had conversations when you weren't around, these would be the conversations you yeah. would have. Yeah. That's gold. That's it. That is great. That's it. So are you the angel then? I am. I'm okay. the angel becoming a devil. Like, you know, this the, the, the swap is I met I met Jessa Reed, the meth head, at a comedy festival, and we had complete opposite lives. And but we were like headed in like different trajectories, like and we were intersecting, right? Sure. Like I had been raised Mormon and I was perfect, perfect, good Mormon, never tainted by the the temptations of the world. But like I I had, was leaving it behind, and I wanted to learn how to drink and you know have sex and stuff. And Jessa had lived a life of sin and is now trying is like is going straight, you know. And so we uh, we swap perspectives a lot. We tell a bunch of funny stories. And it's like, uh, I don't know, it's almost like a reality show for a podcast. We it really, it, we share everything on it, and you get to watch these two people uh, grow in different ways. So, and we try to be funny. So I've listened to a little bit of it. Yeah? Yes. I really like it. It terrifies me <laughs> because uh, I, well, let me, let me, let me walk that back. The idea of doing that thing terrifies me. Oh, okay. Like, you yeah. guys... Like the, the there there are a lot of podcasts that I'm really impressed by where people basically uh, somehow find a way to present in a compelling way their actual personal lives, and I'm so glad that we do a podcast about movies. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do a podcast about movies. It'd be, yeah, it sounds that's the dream. It's it's, it's the it, dream. Instead, I'm like always less, crying. It's a lot always less like ah. scary. It's a lot less scary. I'm like I can just be as I can be glib AF on our podcast. <laughs> I don't have to worry about anything. Uh, and I can hide all the real things. And uh, you guys are super. I guess the word is courageous, and it's it's pretty. It's pre- it's it's impressive. It's Thank impressive. you. So. Thank you. We both do stand up comedy, and we have similar philosophies in in that we try to be really honest about all of our demons on stage. Is the kind of comedy that we want to do, and so that just kind of lent itself to this podcast. Cool. 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 That's really cool. Well, I'm glad that you Props, wanted to, I'm glad you wanted to do a, a podcast about movies cuz here we are. Here we are. <laughs> and that's what we're about to do. Manifesting Fulfill- my dreams. Fulfilling your dreams. Yes. Which, is, which is what we do. I mean, that's <laughs> so it's like our it's our secondary kind of objective. Like movies 
fulfilling Ful- dreams yeah. of as many people as we, we do can. that much less often, but I'm yeah. glad we can do yeah. it here. I mean, every episode, but like, there's only two episodes <laughs> a week. There's like, realistically, there's so many people. Sure. And only two episodes a week to fulfill dreams for everyone. Yeah. It's tough. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a big responsibility. But we do our best. Uh, today we're going to talk about the Rambo franchise. So, uh, Rambo Last Blood, supposedly the last Rambo movie. Fingers crossed. I mean, <laughs> uh, they. Yeah. I. I could. I could just see another one. And it's like Rambo: Last Blood again, or last, lastest blood, or something. I could see them just rewriting. I, would, I could. I would. I would tune in for a next one if it had Michael B. Jordan as the new, like the new Rambo. Right? <laughs> okay, all right. And if like if Sly was in a wheelchair yeah. teaching him yeah. how to make all his booby traps. <laughs> The new disaffected ex-soldier, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so we have uh, we there's so there's uh, it, five movies to talk about. So it's a lot. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get. We're gonna talk about the first one first. Okay. It's not called Rambo. It's, it's called, called First, first Blood. Blood. Yeah. Um, and I've seen this movie. It's it was it was it's been a little while, but I remember it pretty well because it's good. It's a good movie. Sure. Can we can we agree? It's very good. Agree? I just really I just rewatched it this week uh, in preparation, and it's very good. It's a good movie. The the reason it's as good as it is, as it is uh, for me was because of the ending. I wasn't quite sold until a specific thing at the end, and then I was like, oh, okay, all right, I like it. I'm good. I'm on board. Are we allowed to spoil? First Blood. Absolutely. Yeah, it's totally. been around for Absolutely. so long. It's yeah. so old. Yeah. When I turned it on to watch it for the first time this last week, I was like uh, blown Look, away. There are actors in uh, that in First Blood that you've I've never seen that young before. Yeah. Like uh, CSI Miami guy. What's his <laughs> name? The redheaded guy who takes his glasses Wait, off. Wait, is he in there? He's... He's the cop that's like kind of nice to John Rambo in the Whoa! station. Yeah, and he's yeah, and he's the one that like Brian Den he grabs yeah. and like, yeah. 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 Horatio Kane from CSI. That's him, right? That's him? Yeah. Horatio? Horatio? Oh, yeah. I yeah. Fr- I it's like really a guy from CSI. Lost was on, was in yeah. First Blood. I mean even Sly, man. I had like just so young mm. and just and ripped, ripped yeah. like built like a GI Joe figure. I felt like you never get to, I never I forget how short Sylvester is until he's standing next to like Brian Dennehy or something. Oh, it's weird to hear just his first name. <laughs> it's Sylvester. Weird. He's not yeah. He doesn't look like a Sylvester. He looks like a Stallone. A Stallone. <laughs> I'll tell you what he does look like. He looks like a Sylvester Stallone. He does. <laughs> Indeed he looks he does. exactly he's spitting image <laughs> of Sylvester Stallone. Um, I really loved uh, First Blood when I saw it, but I haven't seen it in a while. So, um, Aaron, tell me why you say so with such conviction that it's a good movie. It's really about something. It's a it's a it's about a man having a PTSD episode, you know, uh, and it's it's I think that and we'll get to, you know, First Blood Part 2 and the others later. They try to replicate this a little bit in Part 2 and they don't do as good of a job. But like the whole movie, you're uh, I'm feeling for John Rambo. It's also the only time that Rambo is uh, attacking bad guys that I actually think are bad. Like in every other movie, he's just like shooting uh, like nameless, faceless foreign people. Yeah. And in bags. this one, we're shooting white police officers. Yeah. And there's something <laughs> that I like. I can get behind Deeply that a lot more. I'm like, yeah. 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 Brian Dennehy is one of my favorite movie villains. He's like the, the, the evil oh, sheriff so in good. Silverado. And yeah. I love him there. And I love him in this. He plays, he plays it so great. Like you can see that he doesn't, 
he doesn't view himself as a bad guy at all. Like he, in his mind, he is right. And, but he's like such a dick the way that he picks up John yeah. and takes him out of town yeah. and is like, just get lost. You know, uh, I, I love the stuff in the woods. I think that like you placing it in the Pacific Northwest is a really cool, uh, scene better. So than like when he goes back to Vietnam, I think, uh, or when he's in Afghanistan or anything, because he's like out in the jungle, but it's a different jungle, but it's similar to, you know, you like, you know, that he is trained for this environment, but it's also like, this is his first time there. Yeah. He, when he runs off into the woods, he doesn't know where he's going. Yeah. He's just making this up as he goes. And the scene where the, where the, all the sheriff and the deputies are walking through the woods and he's taking them out one by one is I think the best sequence of the whole franchise. It's really good. Yeah. What's, what's crazy. Uh, I did not realize this. I did not know this. Hadn't heard any story around the production about it at all. But apparently, like they tried to get Rambo because it was a book. So they right. tried. They tried to get this movie made for a really long time, and they couldn't. Uh, once they finally got some money behind it, uh, and they got St- Sylvester Stallone and everything, they made the movie. But they made the movie shooting it and then editing it with uh, serious drama in mind. That was the goal for the movie. So the first cut. Uh, reportedly Sylvester Stallone saw it and wanted to purchase it from the studio so that he it wouldn't get released. He thought it would ruin his career. And so then the studio saw it and they're like, that's real bad. What we need to do is we need to re-edit this as like an action thriller. So they re-edited it. They didn't reshoot anything. They just had what they had and they re-edited it with different pacing and with di- highlighting different scenes. But and I it like became dr- Rambo. I Isn't like, that crazy? It is. I mean, it's amazing that they that et- holler to the editors. You know what I mean? Well, so this goes to some of the points that we've talked about earlier where you don't uh, you don't write for theme, you write for story, and then the theme emerges. And mm-hmm. I think in this case, like huh. you the, the movie has heart. It has heart. It's about something, like you said. I love that. It's like it is about a man having a PTSD episode. It provides this sort of macro commentary on our culture and on like these these uh, these conflicts that were happening at the time. This thing was that was that was very present, and and it does all that by being an action movie. You know, it doesn't do that by having a lesson to teach you. It does that by being a really solid action movie. And by the end, you're like, I had a great time, and also I'm thinking about a lot of stuff. You know, which is like. Which is awesome. Yeah, I think the breakdown. So the moment that I said I would like officially was on board was that breakdown at the end where he just like he because he's in he goes from like almost full position of power. Right. He just he just like took down an entire town on his own. Totally. It's blacked out. He made his way into the sheriff's office and then he breaks down just crying and and totally reliving and finally expressing all the things. Cause he has very little dialogue yeah. throughout the whole movie. He's just a very yeah. much an in, internal kind of person. And so to finally get all of that to, that, that comes out and you realize really, really start to feel through the acting, which well done. I, I have my doubts about Stallone, but he did pretty well. Um, and he, uh, he really got across like, now I know all the reasons that you're fighting as hard as as hard as you possibly can. Like it broke my heart when he when he talked about um, like coming off the plane, and coming back to the states, and there's all these people that are. They call me baby killer. Yeah, they're calling me baby killer, and in, unless they were there, how do they know? Like I love. Oh, I love broke my heart. How like I used to pilot million dollar equipment. Yeah, and I had a purpose, and now I can't hold a job yeah. because I'm crazy. And uh, like you, he is a drifter. The the opening of the movie, he's walking walking up to someone's house and he's trying to find his friend and he's like 
kind of happy. He's like, uh, and he's like showing these pictures and he's like, uh, and he's like kind of telling little stories about like, oh, the, you know, we were this together, blah, blah, blah. And he has this book and the woman's like, that guy is dead. And John just throw like, I think, does he give the picture to her? But he takes the book and he just like throws it away and he just walks away sadly. Yeah. And like, he's just in that frame of mind when the sheriff picks him up, you yeah. know? And th- there's no other flashback in the movie. On the radio to his commanding officer, he talks a little bit more about it. But, like, it's not until the end in that monologue that you get a glimpse of what John's life has been like the last uh, six or seven years or whatever since he's been back. And it's just like, oh, his his life is sad. Yeah. It's It's sad. It's it's terrible because it's like – he being the best it's like <laughs> he's the he's the best killer ever and he's like the the i don't know if there is another is if there's an equivalent i guess profession that you can be the best at and then come and and come back to real world and just nothing's applicable about it right yeah. just the top of your game to the bottom of every having no expertise at all uh, it was i think it was a good choice rambo may have been the first movie or First Blood may have been the first movie, uh, and I, I I don't I'm not not the scholar here. I'm not gonna like I don't I can't say this for sure, but I think it may have been one of the first movies that really highlighted this thing, this thing that you just said, which is that um, a, as a essentially a producer of warfare, um, our country uh, develops. Not we're not the only country to have done this, but like I think we're maybe a little more self-conscious about it than other nations have been, which is that we produce essentially warriors, and then they're civilians, and we produce we make warriors out of them, and then we bring them back home, and then there's nothing for them to do, and um and it's all and we're also ashamed of them, or we were especially at that time. And post Vietnam was definitely different yeah, attitudes towards so different. veterans. And I mean, it was it was the thing. Vietnam was the war that broke our spirits. Our, our, our thirst for warfare in terms of like the public support of it. Like before Vietnam, it was like, oh, like our war- our soldiers are heroes and like everything is like everything USA is, does is amazing and like we're bringing democracy and salvation to the rest of the world. And then after Vietnam, we're like, something's wrong. Are we the baddies? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we may be the villains. And yeah. and and so there was there was a collective shame around what we were doing and who was doing it. And so, and so the people, the soldiers who we had essentially, you know, who were cogs in the machine were then shamefully discarded. Like we just didn't want to have, we didn't want to think about it even. And so, you know, it's perfect that he's a drifter. It's perfect that he's picked up and like held suspect. And it's like, literally this guy is just, he was just a component of a machine that he had no control over. Exactly. And that's yeah. the theme that does get explored throughout the franchise. The, like, you know, that he's not the one calling the shots. Yeah. But it was – it's so strange to me to watch. I watched uh, that Ken Burns Vietnam docu-series. It's like uh, – it's, it's really long, really good. And it blew my mind as someone who's grown up mostly post-9-11 um, – the way to think the like we the way that we treat soldiers now the reverence I mean like I think systematically we're not treating them any better but like at least like the public opinion of soldiers sure. is such that like at every sporting event there's a soldier coming home that's surprising a kid and we're like there's commercials of everybody clapping at the airport when they get home and to watch this documentary and see that like people went to airports to wait for uh, kids, you know, like 20, 22 year old kids coming home from war 
to boo them. They're like, let's make sure we yeah. get to the airport as so though, that we as can though, yell at them. As though, as though it was their fault. Yeah. As though they're the ones that started the war. Yeah. And so uh, rewatching the uh, First Blood, it's the the line that stuck out to me the most, it was the weirdest thing, is when Brian Dennehy says, we see people with wearing that jacket with that patch and we know that we don't want them here. And he's like, and I'm like, are you talking about his service jacket with the American flag yeah. on it? Yeah. Like you're an officer. Like you, you know, usually, like in my mind today, like cops and soldiers are like thick thieves. They're friends. They're like on the same side. And here's a cop seeing a guy wear an American flag, and he's yeah. like, I don't like the look of this guy. And I'm like, what a different world. What a yeah. different mentality. Yeah, I actually, because uh, I was doing some, I was cleaning up my apartment a little bit watching this movie, and uh, when I heard that I actually stopped and rewound same thing and, and then played and I was like what patch is he talking about and it, the, the only patch on there is the American flag I started googling it because I was like is there something I'm missing yeah, like what yeah. is it about this jacket that's yeah. that's something bad I, I also had the thought that um, it, it almost it, it got a lot across for the character of, of, of this villain uh, where he talks about like he is the law and he basically the way that he thinks about his town is is it's its own country and he is the president the dictator the whatever but he owns the town he is the law he is he keeps it safe he is the 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 military for that town and it exists separate from anything that's going on outside of it even though it's within the united states but i think his his hostile attitude towards the american flag kind of got across to me that it's like no no this is a quiet town we want to pretty much ignore Vietnam. We want to ignore your people. We don't want you to bring anything inside. Yeah. We want it to be the way that it is. We're making sure that the borders are safe. So I'm going to get you in my car and I'm going to take you across the border, drop you off and come back. Um, and, and it, and it kind of set up this whole attitude that this guy has where it kind of does come from the proper place of, you know, I'm protecting my people. Uh, which arguably is what he was doing for America, yeah. and there's a lot of a lot of uh, uh, similarities there. That yeah. I find interesting. It is interesting. Well, let's talk about uh, First Blood Two. So I, I mean, I think First First Blood Part Rambo, First Blood Part Two, which right? I never saw. You've I don't never know seen what, it. Ever. I don't know what that movie's about. Okay, so uh, in the beginning, he's in a like prison camp, a work camp where he's just busting rocks. Uh, and they'll, you know, shiny muscles busting rocks. Because yeah. that's, uh, I was like, as I finished the first one, I was like, how does he go on any other adventures after he destroyed a town? So <laughs> he did have to serve some prison time. But then, is it a colonel? It's a colonel, right? Yeah, uh, it's, that, it's his colonel from the fir- from First Blood comes in. And, he, uh, and, yeah, and he's like, ahead. we've got a mission for you. I can get you out of this prison if you agree to come do a mission. Sure. We want to go back to Vietnam to uh, a place that you were held as prisoner at one point in time and see if there are any other remaining POWs still there and we'll send you that back there. And so then and that's how he goes off uh, on his mission. And he says, um, and this is where I feel like it, you, we explore a little bit more. He mentions something in the, in the first movie, but it gets explored more where, uh, you know, this idea that these soldiers who gave everything in Vietnam weren't the ones calling the shots. And he said, the first thing he asked to the, the colonel is, do we get to win this time? 
do we get to win this time? And the colonel says, this time, that's up to you. Meaning like no one's going to make you surrender. No one's going to pull you out. Right. Like you, if we win, like this is your mission, you know? And so he agrees to do it. And then I don't and, know. And, and ultimately gets uh, backstabbed by America, basically leaving him there. Right? Exactly. So we've all had that happen. To yeah, us. right. Uh-huh. Going Been to there. foreign soil <laughs> to perform a mission, and just you know, and country then, backstabs us. Then get tortured. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Every single one of us has gone through that. Yeah. So they he the, the what he finds out is that the the guy calling the shots, running the mission, never ever wanted to find POWs. They wanted a, a decorated war vet, John Rambo, to come back and report to Congress that there was nobody. That's much better for them. If they would just say, hey, problem solved. Like, it's all A-OK and that the public will trust if, if you know, decorated war vet John Rambo says it. And uh, when he does find POWs and he starts, like, shooting his way out, you know, this is causing problems for, like, we don't have the right to go in. We, like, you know, we're not cleared for this kind of shit. And uh, so then they they issue the order to just leave Rambo and the POWs there and pull back. And so then John's just, you know, all by himself again, left for dead. And, uh, and I think... Like the, for me, I don't really like First Blood Part Two very much. Uh, I but I do think it picks up more at the end when and like the the torture scene is is pretty cool uh, <laughs> when he's like they like they chain him to like a a, a a box spring like it's a wire mattress you know yeah and uh, and they chain him to it and they're just electrocuting him and and Sly is just flexing every muscle in his yeah. body that's like why that's and written and right? he's exactly. and he's, like, and he's, we get the most muscle flexing <laughs> out of and he's much much more ripped in the second one than he is in the first one <laughs> it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's insane. Yeah, I uh, the the reason that I didn't mind the second one uh, was because I I feel like I feel like there was a bit of not an identity crisis in the first one, but they they kind of stumbled on their identity in the first one, right? And they it was a, it was a really good movie, but like if you're going to add to it, uh, it felt like there wasn't a whole lot that you could do other than. Let's let's make it more violent, right? And let's there was but and and that's essentially what they did. Uh, and then after the second one, I was like done. I was like, cool, you scratched that itch for me. I'm good. But then Hollywood does what Hollywood does, and it just keeps making. They more. just keep making more, and they dial up the wrong parts. Exactly. See, yeah. I I mean, I th- I think that's really interesting that the drama cut was bad, and that's uh, I mean, they probably made the right decision because I I love First Blood how it is, but like that's the part that's missing from all the sequels <laughs> is like there's this there's good no heart part. to it, there's yeah. this good story to it, and then the sequels they're just like let's blow up more let's shoot yeah. more and in and in the first one because they're white and because they're police officers rainbow doesn't kill anyone he injures a bunch of people he uh one guy dies but it's like Accidental. not yeah it's yeah. He, it's that guy's fault like yeah. rainbow gets blamed for it but like he didn't do it and because you know they want him he's our hero they want us to cheer for him yeah but like then it's just strange that in all the sequels, we don't have any problem with our hero killing people as long as it's brown people from a different country. You yeah. know? Then we can it, murder as, as many of them as we want. Faceless bad guys. It's just got to be bad guys. Like but, it's it's the cowboys and Indians thing, right? It's like but they're well, specifically always they're well, yeah. always brown. Well, because they're because they're 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 the people that we like. It's 
I mean, any any like you you got to fill in the blank with somebody. Like it's stormtroopers, it's Nazis, it's it's uh, Viet Cong. It's I, like I mean, it's got to be somebody, some cast of people that aren't real people. In they're, the, they're in like, the they third don't feel one, like real people. In the third one, it's white people, and it came out in 1988, and. It's it's Russians. Russians, of course. Yeah, well, so it's Russians. Yeah, it's so Nazis. so they they, they, they pick a, you figure out pick a bad a group. Yeah, yeah a group yeah. of people that we can dehumanize, and then you can kill as many of them as you want. Yeah, it's like a, it's it's like basically like a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Like zombies were were a really convenient creation because you can kill as many of them as you want. You don't feel bad because they're not real people. Like right. that's the that's the that's the thing that, that that especially these older. I mean, but action movies still do this. Like I'm. You know, I mean, John Wick is actually probably a pretty good example. Totally. Like, we're going mean, to kill so many people, but, like, <laughs> they're all bad guys. Like, you don't know. Yeah. They're, they're not real people. They're yeah. just bad guys. They're yeah. people that deserve to die. Um, the unfortunate thing about, like, a kind of a, a tone-deaf uh, 80s action movie that takes place in Asia is that you're it's going to be a bunch of brown people. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, and, and, you're, and you're essentially, and it's, I mean... Anyway, we're not to Rambo Five yet. We're not to Last Blood yet. But yeah. like, there's a similar thing gets, going on. Yeah, like, no, I think it's I think it's uh, yeah. way worse in in Last Blood. Mostly there's, because it's like it's 2019. Like we should know better by now. Like, yeah, we, we, we really <laughs> this is not what we what stands out to me though in in First Blood Part Two is that he kills a bunch of people, a bunch of people, and then he comes to the bad guy, the bad guy that we've set up in the movie. In fact, Rambo said, like, the coolest part, uh, like, after that torture scene, where the movie really takes off, in my opinion, is they after he's done being tortured, he they put a radio in front of him, and they want him to talk to the Americans and uh, give them whatever information or whatever. Yeah. And he finally agrees to do it. And they get, like, the guy who ordered Rambo to be left on the radio and he says Murdoch I'm coming for you and then he like yeah. starts breaking out of this you know and he starts killing people say, but I the whole watch time, the movie just for that <laughs> the whole time he says I'm coming for you and then he kills a ton of people yeah. just and like steals a helicopter blows up other helicopters blows up whole villages of people he burns down uh, a village's crops and like sets a whole like he kills yeah. uh, innocent people he kills a ton of people and he gets back to Murdoch who is a white American and he doesn't kill him mm. he shoots the computers it's got this weird like anti-technology thing that yeah. you also saw in that rocky movie you know like they like say a bunch of weird stuff about well the computers say the computers and so then rambo takes out all of his frustration on the computers he has this machine gun and murdoch in front of him and he just shoots he just shoots the 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 computers and then and then walks away and i'm like that's feels racist like it like it feels racist it feels like rambo was willing to kill so many people bad. i mean that's bad storytelling like it's terribly it unsatisfying if you set up the entire if, if if you establish if you establish the rule that your hero is a murderer like he will just kill a lot of people like fine great our protagonist is a guy that kills a lot of people great like the last thing you want is to get to the big bad and have him not kill him and show mercy. He's got to kill him. You've got to kill him. Like this is the anyway. I, and uh, then they yeah. he tr- they try to recreate that ending monologue from First Blood. Like they try. He has the conversation mm-hmm. with the totally. colonel again. Sure. Uh, and it just doesn't carry the same weight. Yeah. yeah. It's just not as borrowing, good. Borrowing you know. Light, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I, I, I didn't. I mean, I noticed that in the second one and then the third one, it, like the, all of the things that uh, all of a lot of the negative things just get dialed up. Like not, there's more action, there's more blood, there's less of the other things. Also, uh, Rambo gets bigger. He gets more and more buff as you go. <laughs> and I noticed so th- we, this might be the wrong group to talk about, like views on masculinity and stuff. But uh, but I, as I was watching. I was I was like fe- I was f- feeling in myself which this is not unusual right I've I'm I'm somewhat of a big fella so when I see you know Marvel movies and you see Chris Evans with his shirt off you're like ugh you suck also yum but also you suck you know what I mean it's like this weird and it was the same way with Rambo and I was feeling not only this like body shaming thing but also like I didn't feel like a man when I was watching these these movies and he's like doing – he just can make weapons out of anything and he's shredded and he's got the long curls and the bandana <laughs> and like the way he talks, right? It's all – it's just all what 1988 would say is a man. And I was like sitting there and I was – and I was – I was feeling – I like had to look in myself and realize that I was feeling frustrated that I was not that way. Uh, and then I kind of stopped and I took a second. I was like, I think this might be what toxic masculinity is. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that it at is. Least, at least some component at least, of it. it. At least some of it. absolutely is. Yeah. And this yeah. is what makes me sad about the franchise and that I feel that the first one uh, is a, like a kind of a good takedown of this uh, this ugly side of masculinity. Yeah. Like, do you want to be John Rambo? Like, no, he's a tragic well, I figure. See, I yeah, see yeah. that, well, I see the cops as people that think that they are, you know, they think they're big dicks and yeah. they just get owned by by <laughs> yeah. Rambo and they're yeah. just like, you know, <laughs> and like, you see what happens when one of them, the good, the CSI Miami guy yeah. shows sympathy and is like trying to like, like, hey, you know, and like Brian Dennehy like screams at him, like, and he like pins him down on the ground, you know, and just like uses his size to shut up this like, of this guy who's speaking with like reason yeah. and sympathy this, yeah. and, and, and a scrawny ginger. Yeah. Right? And yeah. he's like, and, 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 and Brian Denny like makes him look at this dead body. He's like, you look at this. And it just, mm. it feels like, uh, the, like, okay, that guy's wrong, you yeah, know? Yeah. And Rambo <laughs> proves it. And like Rambo is like kind of sensitive. He does he he does talk about his feelings and you know like you, uh, and he seems like a good example of of what masculinity can be strong but silent like he's like not he he could kill all these like when he tells Brian Denny he's like I could have killed every single one of you and I didn't he let it go let it go and Brian Denny he can't like there's toxic masculinity he's like yeah. I have to prove that I run this town yeah. and he goes and gets more pe- like you know but, but then the but, rest of the franchise just forgets that. Yeah, yeah, I I get that, and I don't want to get in an argument with with our very very kind guest. But what about this? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Because uh, because I would argue that the strong but silent type that's also shredded, that's mm-hmm. also served in the mission or served in the in the military, and also uh, can make we- weapons can out we- of weapons out of anything, and and also is tan, and also all these things. The strong but silent type is potentially an archetype that is derived from toxic masculinity. Because, like, if we look at it now, right, if we look at – because Rambo, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, they were the epitome of manhood, right? They were gruff. They were everything. They were chest hair. They were all the things, right? Uh, And then – Until, as we discussed – 
Brad Pitt and Fight Club. Until, yeah, <laughs> until, yeah. I mean, there's a huge turning moment. And even today, right, if you think about, like, sexy men in Hollywood, I mean, sure, you have The Rocks and you have the Vin Diesels, but, like, more so and maybe more of a sexy symbol is, like, the Ryan Goslings. Yeah. Right, something that is completely different today. Who has no muscles? Oh wait, he has who? Who is just he's he's small. Uh, he is. He is a small. He has very like kind of dainty fe- features. You know what Ryan I mean? Ryan Gosling. Yeah, Ryan Gosling. Ryan I, Ryan Gosling. He's he's smaller than Arnold Schwarzenegger, but most of the world is. <laughs> well, sure. You know what I mean? Well, he's like, not like a big guy. Is that, I, He's you, very slender. You, He's not overly muscular. Oh, in Crazy Stupid Love, that where he takes his shirt off for Emma Stone. He looks great. He's, He's very healthy. <laughs> He's ripped. That's He's a got healthy, a six pack. Sure, that's a healthy man. But it's a complete. <laughs> but it's a completely different kind of man than Rambo. Yeah. It's, right. It's, 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 it's or you like, got like your Hugh Grant. Or like sure. Your, yeah. You know, like the British, the like the British, like sensitive guy. Like there's there, there's a, a, the two even, different sides of Hugh Jackman. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. Wolverine and then Kate and Leopold. Yeah. They're, they're like the two different sides of like what? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. No, I think I think there is there there definitely has been a shift. Um, and and I mean I, I think definitely Sly represents uh the '80s version of like you know quintessential manhood. Um, and, and there, you know, I, I actually sense even a little bit in some of, in some of his own projects, like I'm thinking of the expendables in particular, there's almost, there's almost a resentment that I can sense from him that Mm. like, we've shifted so far away from that image. You know, it's like, guys, don't you remember (laughs) the giant, like buff action heroes? Like you guys like don't care about us anymore. It's almost like he's sort of comically like playing out his yeah. own narrative <laughs> like, like. <laughs> which by the way thanks for reminding me uh expendables uh i believe is a reference to a line from first blood part two. Oh, he he's on the boat talking to the girl and he says uh we were the expendables oh wow then there she, you go. she asked what it means and he's like you get invited to a party and you don't come and nobody cares <laughs> 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 that's expendable <laughs> Yes. Great A writing. All right. No, oh, no, no. I, I, I brought up this topic okay. for a reason. Okay. I want to ask um, if we think, because I've noticed a trend of, uh, especially today, where you have this, this overly masculine figure, and then the way to humanize him is to make him care about his family. My question is, because that's what happens in in Last Blood, right? There's a there's a soft there's a soft spot for a girl, sure. right? Yep. So, yep. is that enough to like? Is that I guess is that a good representation of what manhood can be? Is it is it is it a good representation of both sides of the coin, where you can have Rambo, mean Rambo on one side, and then like soft and tender Rambo on one side? Is that a, a good, well-rounded picture? Is my question of what man can be? Do we like that? I. I mean, you look. You look. You look. Well, like- I think more that I'm focusing on like the thing about caring about family. I think in in these in these movies, it's not just it's not a family. It's a uh, an object that happens to be like just a an, a woman. Like in in part two, 
there's just he meets this Vietnamese woman, and then uh, as soon as he you know expresses any kind of feeling for her, she gets offed so that he has something to be mad about. <laughs> sure. And in Last Blood, it's like you know uh, the daughter of a friend, or like uh, and and you know she just gets just just terrible things happen to her and and so that he can like then so uh get mad so that then we as the audience are happy when people are getting decapitated because then we're like yeah well they deserve it because they did such horrible things to that that actress that was just used as an object first blood there is there's nothing like that we see his soft and tender side but we're not using uh a prop you know yeah, yeah. i like that i like that much better but uh so what you're talking about, CJ, is essentially a very easy and very overused plot contrivance. Yeah. It's the idea of like, I mean, it's it's kind of like what made, I mean, I'm going to go back to John Wick again, because it's kind of what made John Wick such a silly premise, right? It's like, well, he had a wife and she died and she left him a dog and then the dog died and now he's mad. You know? Right. It's like, okay. <laughs> like, so. They're we, winking at it in yeah, John Wick. Exactly. Yeah. They're we understand at this trope. Yes. They even yeah. call it out in the script. Like, it's yeah. it's very much on the surface. Like, in some of the movies that we watch that don't aren't as self-aware of it, they think that they're that they're checking the box, essentially. They're like, well, yeah, I mean, he has a family. And yeah, the fa- yeah. it's like, so it, the short answer to your question is no. Like, that's not what that's not what full full-bodied characters are and that's not what manhood is that's not what good narrative writing is that's just that's just uh that's just tricks yeah and so like and i mean so i i don't know if we're so we've i guess we're kind of skipping over three and four i don't know anything about three and four uh, I, you, you can don't you give us the sh- one-line summaries of three yeah and four? you you don't really need to in three <laughs> uh the the colonel that has been with him in every other movie uh gets taken in afghanistan and so rambo goes to afghanistan to uh help him help free him uh and then he essentially joins the taliban and fights soviet russia Okay, great. Uh, it, yeah, and then, and yeah, and then and then it, there's a huge gap in time. Yeah. And then two thousand. And then in two thousand eight, yeah. yeah, he comes back. He's in Cambodia. Um, uh, he's he he's in Thailand. Oh, okay. Uh, and then, um, oh man, you're really testing me. I watched all of these back to back, so there's they're like all kind a, of blurring together. There's like together. missionaries, and he like takes them of uh, the. Uh, I remember the, the yeah, previews like for escort, that movie. Yeah, I just never saw get, it. They get killed, and yeah. then. Uh, I mean, the what I remember from that movie is is that uh, I think it's the most violent and it's the most bloody, mm. um, but it's it, it also shows a, a little more heart. I mean, it's the in the 2008 movie, uh, it's the first movie that the writer of First Blood said. That's it. That's the character that I wrote. Oh, okay. That's uh, interesting. In 2008. So I would like to see, I think it was just called either John Rambo. John Rambo. It's called John Rambo. Rambo. Yeah. I would like to see John Rambo. Uh, I think it's time to talk about Last Blood. Yeah, All let's right. do it. Okay, so, so I saw it today. Uh, and it was short, <laughs> which was nice. Um, so, so the formula, the plug-and-play formula that's being used here is... John Rambo is a man of many violent ta- violent talents and dark PTSD history. Uh, and when something bad happens to someone good, he's the guy who's going to go kill everybody who did the bad thing. Get justice. That is the formula. Yeah. It is... It is revenge porn, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's actually... It's really tiresome. <laughs> so, especially because in Rambo Last Blood... There was so much uh, 
there was so much time dedicated to the setup of the bad thing happening to the good person, like so much setup that it was exhausting because like, you know, it's like, you know what this movie is for and you can still see the formula totally like on the surface. Like, it's just very obvious. Like I know what this formula is. And at first it starts to feel like taken with like Sylvester Stallone instead of Liam Neeson. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it first starts to feel like, you know, young female goes to foreign country, gets sold into sex slavery, uh, then needs the violent man to come save her. Right. Yeah. Okay. For the record, I love taken. It's a perfect, like it's a perfect, simple, straightforward story. There's, there is no more linear narrative than taken. It's a very, it's totally a revenge fantasy. It's totally like there's, it's not saying anything important about anything, but like it works. It's like a freaking machine. That thing just starts and then it finishes and you're like, Oh my gosh, like that whole thing just happened like that. It's amazing. Um, I think it's incredibly well executed thing. There's a reason I think there's like a bunch more movies and a TV show after it. Uh, They're not good, but there you go. Anyway. So at first you're thinking this is kind of like a poor man's taken and then she dies. Like she just dies. Like he rescues her. She's been sold into sex slavery. All the bad things have happened to her. And then he rescues her. And then she dies on the way home. Spoiler alert. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> she's in the, they're in the car. She's, he's driving her home in a truck and talking about how she changed his life because he had, she had someone to care about. And he's, he's telling her not to fall asleep because apparently she was, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why she died even. She just died. She was drugged and she died. And it was terrible. Um, and she was absolutely the plot football of the beautiful, innocent uh, young girl that all the awful things happen to and then therefore justifies all the violence we're about to see. Like, 100%, that's, like, it was so obvious that it was, like, upsetting and disappointing when it actually happened. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, now she's dead. Great. So I know what the rest of the movie is. It's just him killing everybody. Like, it was... It's just a very so it because the formula is so obvious and there was nothing new about it. It ends up feeling like it feels very cynical. It feels very like uh like like there's no effort or I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Uh, like that I'm like I don't know who I don't know who put this story together and thought that they were saying anything or I don't know whether they thought they were saying something important or whether they didn't care. So yeah. that's that, I think that's the distinction that I'm yeah. like because because a lot of that stuff is really offensive too. Because like if you if you yeah. didn't care, and you just were trying to like put together like slap together an obvious formula that just works and it's worked, we're just going to grind out another one, right? Then what you didn't realize is that by slapping that formula together, what you're doing is you're giving you're you're reinforcing the impression that like everybody south of the border is criminals and yeah. like and that and that and rapists, yeah, and rapists, and that everybody, yeah, like it's <laughs> yeah, it's, like it's like we can start quoting people here at this point. No, like, it's, it's, it feels like MAGA revenge porn. Yeah, it does. It absolutely. Uh, he crosses. It's like there's a lot of like you know he's crossing the border and it, and it does and, and 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 it doesn't it doesn't matter that she's Mexican because she's fully American. You know, it's like, yeah, she may have been like, but like her, I mean, we're told like outright, well, you know, John Rambo is like a father to you. And like, you know, your dad is a worthless piece of garbage. You should never go back to visit him. And oh my gosh, that scene too. Like I was hoping, so this is deep spoiler stuff. So she goes back to Mexico to find her father or whatever. And she sees him and he's like, you know, and she's like, why did you leave? And he's like, well, because... I didn't, I realized I didn't, I never cared about your mom or you. And then your mom died, leaving me with you. So I wanted to get rid of you. So you can never come back. Like, or, you, you know, feel free to never come back. And I'm like, whoa, I'm like that guy has to be a plant. Like that guy has <laughs> to have been like told to say that 
by like her awful friend who then sold her into sex slavery, <laughs> like for the specific purpose of I don't know. I mean, I was I was like, there's got to be some kind of conspiracy going on here because that is like the most absurd scene I can possibly imagine. And no, of course, it was her actual father. And, sure. <laughs> and like, and that was the actual thing that happened. And th- there was no complexity at all. There was no su- no subtext. Nothing. 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 It was just this thing. And then you know, anyway, I'm not going to go into the whole plot. But but yeah, that's the whole thing. Awful things happen. He goes, kills a bunch of people, gets her back. She dies. Then he goes back, and like, basically, specifically does stuff. To make it so that a huge number of them would come They'll to follow his, him back yeah, home. Follow him back set home. up all of his exactly. booby traps. All his booby traps or whatever. And, like, why'd you dig a bunch of holes, John Rambo? Like, why'd you dig all the tunnels? Which it's like, in the beginning of the movie, they're like, oh, isn't this a clever setup? Where, like, we're <laughs> yeah, saying, exactly. he, he's like, she's like, you're so crazy, Uncle. You dug all these holes. You why'd really you do that? love tunnels. Yeah, like, it's just like, and he's like, he's like, ah, I don't know. Like, no, no explanation. <laughs> I guess I'm prescient. Guess I knew I was going to have to kill a bunch of Mexicans. So I dug these holes. Anyway, and so then that, then that whole sequence happens actually very quickly. So, you know, I, I expected that to be most of the movie. And it was like 15 minutes. Like, by the time they get to his farm or his ranch and, and the violence starts happening, which is fun and inventive. Like, check, you know. Sure. Uh, you got people exploding and yeah, stuff. Yeah, all kinds yeah. of stuff. Uh, by the time that all starts happening, the movie's almost over. Like that's like that's really it. That's mm-hmm. like that's the that's the short third act. Like we spent the whole movie up to that point being told that this matters, knowing that it doesn't. Anyway, I'm done. And so I think to go back to CJ's question. No, that's not a good, <laughs> that's not yeah. good enough. That's, that's not, not a, good enough. That's not a yeah. good. Yeah. I feel like in uh, movies and in real, like it's mm-hmm. also we see it in real life. I mean, we just we. W- we, I think, you know, men do like violence, and that's okay. Uh, but like, <laughs> I'm not we, apologize for but that. like the way that we had these movies, where like we need an excuse to be violent, and so we'll just do terrible things to the female characters so that men can feel chivalrous oh, in their yeah. in their in their bloodlust. It's really, but rather than just gross. labeling it as bloodlust, yeah. And like you see that in real life too. I feel like guy, like I wish dudes would just be like, hey, I would like to fight at this bar tonight, and guys, would be like, <laughs> yeah, I, I would also like to fight. <laughs> Let's but have instead, some fight. Instead, you know, you have yeah. to. Are you talking to my girl? What yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and now this guy deserves something bad to happen to him. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. I've just I've I've noticed that trend uh, specifically the most recently with Hobbs and Shaw. Where it was oh, yeah. like where you have the rocks character and, and I was like why are they introducing us randomly to the rocks daughter so Hobbs's daughter and then Shaw's mom and sister right I'm like are there any brothers are there any sons are there any is there any other male and we do get introduced to, to Roman reigns uh yeah, yeah. To, to Hobbs brother in there and then but yeah anyway it's just there was this there was this like like, oh, hey, the the soft side of these men are the women in their lives, and yeah. and I and I just like the vehicle that it seems that females mm-hmm. specifically uh, seem to to be in these quote unquote man movies. Uh, it just I don't know. It's, it's really an, starting to bother. It's me. another form of objectification. Yeah, it's a very easy sort of unself-aware form of objectification. It's like, look how much we care about you. You're the reason we're doing all these things. It's like, but they're still not people. Like yeah. you, you've, you're still using them to fill your own. Fu- like it, there's 
characterization, first of all, characterization is not plug and play. You don't get to like say, now that you have a girlfriend, you care about like you have a motive. It's like yeah. this is that's not the way that's not the way it works. Um, people are people. Like female characters are like if they're if they're only if their sole purpose is to like give you motivation for your male character to do violence, then that's not a character. That's a that's a plot football. It's just it, it's it's very it's very frustrating because it, it keeps happening like all the time, and it's not and and I, I mean we shouldn't be surprised that it happens in a movie like Rambo: Last Blood, but like come on, Sly, like you've been at this game for a long time, like you, yeah. I feel like this guy knows better. And by the end, he's like talk. I mean, it's this. I mean, there's like a lot of like really weird, long, like very poorly written monologues in this movie, and at the very end, he's like talking about how. You know he'll fight. He'll never stop fighting to keep their memories alive. I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean to anybody? <laughs> like, yeah. and then there's this montage of all the other Rambo movies, and I'm like, do you like do what? What are you trying to say? Because at this point, I have no idea. I have no idea what the actual purpose is. I think like you're making purpose noises without actually saying sentences that make Pur that, that, purpose noises. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I just, Not to be confused with porpoise noises. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, Very different. Much more meaningful. I, I think that, uh, like, men, historically, socially, biologically, um, want to protect their families. And that is, like, a, a, a valid exploration of masculinity. Sure. I think I would, you know, I have a son, and I'm like, I would... Uh, you know, more, I like, I like better when they've got like a kid that they're protecting, you know, like, uh, I don't know about the road or, uh, I don't know, war of the worlds, uh, with Tom Cruise, Dakota Fanning comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, but like, I, I understand like, okay, I, I'm driven to do anything to, to protect these kids. That's a biological trait in any parent, you sure. know? Yeah. Um, and like, and, 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 but, and like any kind of, I mean, because the, tr the truth is like, yeah, that's how human beings function for sure. We, right. we typically do most of what we do for the people for, that we love. That are coming, yeah. The, the difference is you got to build a character. Yeah. Like you got to, like, who is this person? They can't just be like, uh, like they can't, there's not, they're not like a mannequin, you know? Mm -hmm. They're not like just a, like, well, you fill this slot in my life. It's like, that's not, that's not how people work. I don't care about my wife because she is because on paper it says she's my wife and because she's female and because she just happens to live in the same house. I, but because she has this personality that you I love. Because I love her because of her, who she is. She's, yeah. a, she's a whole person, a whole other person, completely distinct and separate from me. And like, and so is my son. So mm -hmm. is your son. Like the reason we care about these is not just because it's like, it's because they, they it's because we're just like, we're plug and play humans. It's because we learn, oh, this, there's, there's like real life here. This is a real thing. And like you can communicate that in a story, but like if you don't bother to, then it's going to it's gonna read as false. Anyway. I would just like to say like an example uh, that I think is maybe better. And it's not without its own problems or controversy, but you guys know the movie Life is Beautiful? Yeah. There's an example I think of a man willing to go to great lengths to protect his child, mm, great and example. it's not violent. I mean, it's, it's a fairy tale, and it's silly and stuff, but, like, he spends the whole movie trying to create this uh, alternate reality so that his son doesn't have to confront the horrors of what's actually going on, sure. you know? Absolutely. And I think that that's a great example of Absolutely. a father. Great example yeah. of masculinity. Absolutely. 100% yeah. yeah. agree. That's, that's a... Ugh. Ugh. Oh, that movie. <laughs> many In many uh, other ways, those movies are very similar, too. If you think about it, um, Rambo and um, Life is Beautiful. I feel like there's 
I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> I was trying to build. I was trying to build some kind of joke, but there was no punchline. <laughs> the punchline was like lost in the delivery. Anyway. <laughs> Well, uh, That's I why think I'm not the comic on the, the table right now. I, I think that we've uh, we've ranted on enough about Rambo. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, should people go see this movie? Uh, I don't know. Should I? I I don't I don't want people to go see yeah, this movie. I, I get the impression uh, that you don't. are going to say no. I didn't have like a the thing is I didn't have like a bad time. It wasn't like a good time, <laughs> but like it was. But uh, you know, it was, think, think, it, was it was a time. It was a time. It was, it it was did a exist. time that I saw Rambo: Last Blood, and it was sh- it was short. It was yeah. a ninety-minute movie. I, I would say it was a long ninety-minute movie. I would say it's unnecessary to go see that movie. It uh, is unnecessary. And yeah, and I what's to come next? I don't know. I, I'm guessing at some point there's going to be either a, a reboot or a TV show. They'll, they'll or reboot something. it with a different actor. I don't yeah. think Sly's going to be doing any more Rambo movies. I think he's he was pretty pretty well. And can I just? I want to spoil it like deeply for everybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. So he kills a lot of people in these tunnels, and it is fun. It's very interesting. It's very very violent. It's very fast. It's bizarrely fast. Like just, it's like they're. I mean, they stack the 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 like the gore effects on top of each other. It's like every you know every literally every like ten seconds, it's like a new like inventive death until all the people are dead except for the big bad, and then at the very end. There's this great moment. I'm so there's this is this is the spoiler, 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 spoiler to death here. So he like rigs all obviously he rigs all the tunnels to explode and collapse, right? Obviously. And at the very end, he's like he he has this awful monologue that he delivers to the big bad saying how he wants him to feel the grief he feels, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and then he and then he says, if you want to live, follow the light. And then he shuts off all the lights and then the light lighted path lights up for the guy and the guy has to run while the thing is exploding and just just, you know, barely makes it out. Sure. And then he's and then he's like in this barn, just like trying to figure out where John Rambo is. And like and it's a, you know, he's terrified and injured and John Rambo's also been shot twice and, you know, he's like 80. Anyway, um <laughs> and uh and uh and he comes out with a bow and arrow, of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And he pins him to the wall and he tells him he's going to cut his heart out uh and and rip it out of his chest. And then he Cuz that's it. how he felt. That's how yeah. he felt. Uh-huh. And, yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So he pins him to the wall with four arrows, you know, two in the shoulders and two in the legs. And so the guy's just like on the wall, like with arrows. And then he does what he said he's going to do. And he takes his big John Rambo knife (laughs) and he cuts the guy's chest open and he pulls out his heart. And then he throws it away. (laughs) And then he goes and sits on his porch and has a voiceover monologue. And then the movie is over. Guys, that's how it ends. That's how the Rambo franchise ends. Just wanted to let you know. It's not that I'm glad that I saw the movie. It's that I'm glad that I get to report back that that's how it ends. Anyway, uh, it is not without its delights. But uh, but yeah. In part two, he ta- the girl that he's talking to has like this necklace, right? And she says, this is my lucky charm. This is, you know, something good that I have. Do you have a lucky charm? And he's like. I just got this knife. And like, <laughs> yes. And I think, oh, I, that's the best line. I just got this. And I feel like that's like such a oh moment. But for me, I'm like, that's so sad. No, he doesn't yeah. have one really nice sad. thing. He has yeah. nothing. He has this yeah. knife and yeah. that's it. And this is he calls it a good I luck charm. Killed a lot of people with it. And well, in the in the first movie, he had to go back and get the knife. Right. Yeah. He before does, he ran out of the police station. Yep. He does yep. end up wearing her necklace, and his neck is so much more swollen than her. It's like this sexy <laughs> choker. Like I was very attracted. To Rambo when he had the choker on, and I was like, it's like it's much better than the headband, in my opinion. (laughs) 
There's another. There's oh, another great. Lucky Charm moment in Rambo: Last Blood. Um, well, two of them. One is uh, the of uh, the bracelet that the girl wears that winds up on the wrist of the girl who sold her out. So, so that's how he knows. The other one is the head of the brother of the big bad, <laughs> who he tosses out of his window as he's driving back to the states, and it rolls uh, to make sure they know where to go. <laughs> anyway. A, l- a lucky charm. It's a pretty yeah. Right. Lucky what was he? Uh, that's just it. Ma- it just raises so many questions about like, was he holding the head the whole drive? Is it bleeding <laughs> oh, on the had seat to next been in to his him? lap just, for yeah. a while? Yeah, absolutely. Just playing with its hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As he drove. Yeah, it's like oh, you know, John Rambo stuff. doesn't have a lot of people in his life. So if you want to run your hand through somebody's hair. Like it's nice to have. You just anyway. got you got to cut the head off. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, well, Aaron, thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Everybody, yeah. check out Mormon and the Meth Head after you're done listening to this. Absolutely. Also, yes. uh, your stand-up. You're a comedian. Yeah. You... If you, uh, I've got a YouTube channel. If you guys just want to uh, search Aaron Woodall on YouTube, you'll find it. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm Aaron Woodall14. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. And we'll and we'll have links to all your stuff. Uh, oh, thank uh, you. Definitely your your podcast for sure. So uh, we do have a tradition here. Yeah. Uh, which uh, with our previous guests, I forgot to do it before we stopped recording, but I'm not going to make that mistake again. Uh, I have a comic book for you. Oh, yes. You have so a comic book. For I do. Me. Yes, it's a tradition. Any guest that we have on the nerd of nerd critic gives you a, a, a comic book. So I have a comic book. I'm going to stand up and go get it. Hold on. Okay. Oh, oh here we go. Don't trip that. Oh no. It's fine. It's good. Okay. It's, it's still going. I almost, I almost broke something. We're fine. It's beautiful. Is this the, uh, is this the plug? It is the plug, but somehow we're still recording. Oh, this is a big one. So, uh, is yeah. This hardback. So yeah. So we have. Uh, I, I, uh, we don't know each other super well. So usually I try and like cater it to uh-huh. the person, right? Like we had uh, the. Uh, a couple of we had the writers of a quiet place on our it chapter two episodes really and they're horror writers so I gave them some horror comics uh, I was gonna get you a funny comic but like I, yeah. I I just don't know so I just got you uh what most people love which is a generic Batman yeah comic. so there you go thank you for joining us oh my god um, detective yeah so I'm excited enjoy that uh, I mean is my favorite comic. Uh, Batman is Batman's yeah sweet I you know he's a lot of people <laughs> I just I just so. heard that Jonah Hill is uh in the running to be Penguin in yeah. the in the long Halloween movie that I, they're doing uh yeah I saw that news broke today I I I th- I heard Wait. it was the Riddler though oh really yeah I Penguin. most people assume Penguin I thought just because of yeah uh, but then he's like no no I'm gonna stick it to you I'm skinny now I'm gonna do the Riddler you know what I mean <laughs> I, I actually know. uh when uh I kind of like Riddler better. I could yeah. I could see that better. I get I you, it could really go either way for me. Penguin anyway. is a very weird villain. Penguin's a little odd, yeah. yeah. Not like in a good way, like in a bad yeah. way. Yeah. I, I mean think. it's it's I mean it's a, a you know, ni- yeah. 1940s creation. Yeah. It's all campy and stuff. It's hard to, it's hard to get anyway, thank, thank you, you sir no, for joining thank us. You. This is so nice. Uh it's been real and uh yeah. It's been fun. It's been real fun. It's been real. Also, have me back. I love talking about movies. Absolutely. We have, we have a sign off that we do 
Uh, if you would like to do it, you're welcome to. Uh, and but before we say that, thank you, Michael Bingardi, for the. Thank you, or, Michael Bond. Not no no not what that that's the that's a different oh, Michael. That's a, that's a different I, one. I said for our other podcast, it's called Under the Citadel. You can go check it out. A guy named Michael Bingardi did oh. the music, and oh. I get them mixed up all the time because they're both Michaels, and well, they you, did the music. You didn't have to admit that. <sighs> I'm sorry, Michael. <laughs> Michael, uh, see now I don't know which one I'm talking to. <laughs> Michael Bond Miller is the guy thank that does Ma- the music for this. Thank podcast. you, Michael Bond Miller, for this music. <laughs> I say your name every week and I forgot. Anyway, it's fine. Uh, yeah, sign us off, Aaron. Let's hear it. All right, guys. Remember to love movies like a nerd and respect them like a critic. And cut. <laughs>